Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Hey, everybody, here we are. It's a Monday. A lot to get to today. G. Bush in the house. Jason Lloyd is here. Yep. Yep. J lit I, I literally mean that if Jason's head was not attached to his body, he would lose it. <laughs> Come on, man. That is 100% uh, accurate. All right. I have never seen a man. I've said this, like, this is the craziest thing. <laughs> Jason, when it comes to his job, is like the most together guy I've ever met in my life. He's an A plus. So okay, he I writes kick-ass articles. He yeah. has all that. He has better connections than anybody in Cleveland. Like he is top of the game, top of the line. Couldn't have more respect for him. But, <laughs> but he can't. I mean, you can't. You you can't find your phone. You can't hey, find your keys. You can't on. find your ID. This, I don't know how you get out of the house ever. We're gonna do. We're gonna do. We're gonna do the quickest. <laughs> we're gonna do the quickest like sixty second poll ever in US UCS's history. To Jason's credit, he's not the only one. Like, uh, if you ask somebody who's the most foggy brain at the beginning of the show, is it G Bush? <laughs> is it Jason? Or, you know, your boy Mike Polk is kind of bad, too. Is he like too? Mike Polk come in with literal papers. Like, I'm like, what are you doing with those papers? <laughs> the papers are flowing out of his doggone trunk. Like, like, like cartoon characters when they steal money. Well, you know, the money is flowing out the back yeah, of the right. car. I, I legitimately, I, I have ADD. I was diagnosed, and I don't yeah. take anything for it. Right. So that's why I'm just, like, all over. The, it is so amazing. I'm driving in today for the show, and my watch starts ringing, but yeah. it, the Bluetooth isn't picking up. I'm like... Why isn't the Bluetooth? Big? Oh my God! On my phone. The poll so, is up, by the way. Sixty seconds. Go. So, oh so I'm like talking God. to Mikey on my watch, driving yeah. in. He's like, "Well, how'd you answer?" I'm like, I'm on my watch. I don't have my phone. Man, I love. I be leaving my glasses. <laughs> yeah, my, that's true. Then, then my phone bill collection. You got like your ID falls out of your my, pocket at least yeah, twice I, a week. Yeah, and I'll be calling people. I'll call y'all yes. like, "Y'all yes. see my ID?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> and we'll be like, "No, bro." We didn't. Oh my no God! No one saw that. I it's feel, funny. I feel naked today without yeah. my phone. It is weird. It's, I'm just, I got, to, it is, I got, to it's tremors. bizarre. Steve Becker texted me like 815 last night. I got to bed at eight was watching old TV, but I didn't look at my phone for almost 12 hours. I, could, I woke up wow. this morning. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got uh, text from everybody for we're talking about upper deckers in our chain. <laughs> You're a barn animal. <laughs> oh my God. Bunch of animals. Uh, by the way, I did go, uh, I saw the movie air over this weekend. You know what that's that? about? Yeah, the that's the Ben Affleck Nike Jordan right. movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good, but not, I thought it would be better. It wasn't – it was a, a weird decision they made in this movie was essentially Michael Jordan wasn't in it, really. I mean, I don't think they could have got that cleared. I, I, I think – What they, do you mean? You're allowed to have somebody no, 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 play no, Michael but, Jordan. But just from the perspective of Nike – Michael Jordan would have had to say, yeah. No, he wouldn't. It's fiction. It, he could, they, they could make well, it. Well, I was going to say, yeah. is it a Paul D. Podesta Moneyball situation <laughs> where uh, Jonah, Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill Jonah had Hill. to play him as like Mark West or something? Like they had to make Change up the a name. fake. No, no, no. They, it, so technically, Michael Jordan was in the movie. There was somebody playing him. Yeah. But you never actually, like they only showed him like kind of from behind. It was but the guy, there was somebody playing his mom and dad, and they were prominent, you know, in the movie, especially mm -hmm. the mom. If you look, if the movie's accurate, the Michael Jordan owes probably all his money to his mom, probably because the mom, according to the the movie, was the one who said, "Yeah, yeah, we're going to take a cut of the profits." Wow, and that had never been done apparently before and, that. And, and so he he took a cut of the profits and basically said, "We'll take a little less on the front end." No, he didn't take he a took, he took no. all of it on the front. It was they, Michael Jordan was taking a chance on Nike because Nike at the time was a big running shoe company, but they had their basketball division at the time, again, based on the movie, was a complete joke. I think that's fairly accurate. Yeah, I think they worked, but it was just weird their decision to only kind of shoot Michael, Michael. Jordan from behind. Yeah. The only time you ever heard him talk was on the phone. So that is a little it odd. was weird. It was a weird choice. Go ahead, Mikey. What do we got? Our 60 second poll has concluded and yes. it was tight. Who is the foggiest brain to start a normal UCSS show? And with 34% of the vote, narrowly edging out number two with 30%, G. Bush. 
You are Ooh. people's foggiest you can have that one. It just goes to show you that on the polls in the internet, I am undefeated. It doesn't matter if it's bad or good. <laughs> <laughs> the belt is a curse. The winner baby. and still and champion. Still champion. <laughs> well, uh, I don't have my phone to text Mike, so can someone throw me a water? Because I, I need a water. Here, I got an extra one. Hey, here, I can't Well, text. I'm doing the uh, Bet Rivers go. read. By the way, Bolt yeah. went 2 and 0 on Friday. Yes. He is now over 500 on his base. Baseball bets. He is one game under 500 total. You are 18 and 19 on the season, but now four and three in baseball bets. Today's bet brought to us by Bet Rivers is bull. Will tell us in a sec, but yeah. If you're not using the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook, you guys are missing out. It is the place to be for every single game. <laughs> right now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers by using, sorry, by using deposit code Sports. You'll receive a second chance bet up to $500. You can get it on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey. To help you win big, check out BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boost. Bull, what do you got today? And check out my BetRivers podcast, The Bull in Cleveland, uh, this morning. I talk about Odell going to the Ravens and the wild weekend for the Guardians. And then on Wednesday's podcast, I will have Aditi as my first guest. So uh, that's that. As for as for my pick today, we stick with baseball. Well, there really isn't much else to bet on, right? There's no NBA. When do the play-in games start? Tomorrow? The next day? Tomorrow. 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 Uh, let's 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 go with the game of the week or the game of the day. I like the Padres as a slight underdog against the Mets. You Darvish on the hill. I'm not. I'm frankly not sure why the uh, the Padres. I mean, I know the Mets have Max Scherzer. He has struggled in his first two starts. And by the way, it's very interesting with the Mets. Like, they're relying on Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. I actually picked them to go to the World Series because I thought those guys have at least one more year left. And in the playoffs, good luck beating those two guys in a playoff yeah. series. So far, Verlander's hurt and Scherzer's struggling. Now it's early. But uh, I like you, Darvish, and the Padres. By the way, to me, they are the leader in the clubhouse again, Otani. I believe they will seal the deal and pay him his Ooh, the millions. the Mets? Yes. He would be playing for the Mets next year. Uh, well, I hope you're wrong, but uh, <laughs> we shall see. But uh, anyway, so take the Padres today with you, Darvish, on the road in New York. And that's it. That's the best bet of the day. All right, let's stick with baseball here. Yep. Guys, it was a, it was a wild weekend for the Guardians. And I actually have some complaints about Terry Francona. We'll get to that after. I, I, I By the way, I very rarely complain about Terry Francona because overall Terry Francona is, if not the best manager, one of the best managers in baseball. But you will set, you will second guess him when, I when will it comes to taking him, people out. And he, there were two things he did this weekend that had me scratching my head. Do you want to start there or do you want to get to Francona in the end? Let's get No, let's get to Francona at the end. Let's start. Because okay. I want to start what happened yesterday, guys. And obviously this weekend had not gone well. They, they blow the game on Friday. They lose the game on Saturday. And then yesterday, they're losing the whole time. Now, I'll give credit to Plesak, because after he gave up the home run to Cal Raleigh in he the battled. first, he settled down and yep. pitched really well after that. Uh, Karen Check probably had his best inning in the eighth, and then Klasse gives up a run in the ninth, but they were already losing. So it's 3-1 in the ninth, and uh, Will Brennan comes through with a double. I know you were saying you thought it should have been an error. E nine. I think it's a double. They're not going to... Yeah, he's, he's, he's running towards the wall. I mean, he... In the end, you're right. In I mean, Seattle, that's an E9. I don't at think home, so. That's a hit at uh, home. It's, 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 a, I mean, it's a hit at the house. Either right? way, Will Brennan. He took a bad path and got turned around. That either way, Will Brennan, who right there looked like Nick Swisher for a moment. Yeah, right. Bit, little bit. Uh, Jersey Shore. Let's see the play again. Like, like I mean, he got, he got, a, he got himself turned around. He, got he took turn. a terrible path to but the ball. They're, they're rarely going to call an error when the guy's back is facing the, the And, it, and the field, it goes over his head. And it goes over his head. Listen, he probably should have caught it. You're right. But credit to Will Brennan. I mean, he smoked that hey, ball. Yeah, I thought it. it was gone off the bat. I did too. I, the wind has been blowing in all weekend. Yes. I was there Friday night and yeah. really noticed how heavy the, the winds were coming in. Well, because really Cal Raleigh hit one on Friday, I think, that I thought was way out. Yeah. And it got caught at the The, the, con the conversation is, is, should Will Brennan be getting some more at bats? Because Oscar Gonzalez well, is. is <laughs> that's part of it. We'll get to, we'll we'll get get to, that. to that. It later. faced a lot of lefties. But, but uh, so Brennan comes through in the ninth to tie it. They can't take the lead. Then in the 11th, he comes through again with a base hit to tie it. And then they walk it off on the 12th on a, a squibber to second base by Josh Bell. 68-foot bomb by Fran Mill Bell yeah. to win it. <laughs> Bro. Josh Bell is struggling. <laughs> I think people got to take it down a notch because it's only a week and a half. 
He's been awful so he far. He has had horrendous swings. Horrendous. Oh, horrendous I can't defend swings. it. He's three for 34. It's but. not even like it's not even the strikeouts. It's the fact that I, I was joking with with Zach Meisel during the opener is like he's a switch hitter and he looks like he's batting from the wrong side of the plate every time he's up. Like he just has <laughs> he looks like he has no approach and no idea what's you going on. You know what's on funny is that's that second to last at bat he had. I can't remember what inning it was now before he got the walk off ground ball. <laughs> Uh, that he, you know, should have been, you know, whatever. It's a number. It just went. Man, in the that's, a fielder, that's a fielder. That's a fielder. It is scored a fielder. That, that ain't yeah. no. That ain't, we ain't counting it's that. It's not a hit. No. It's not a hit. But hey, listen, he the run got in. But he didn't strike out. He didn't strike out. Put the bat on the ball. But put that, it in play. At bat before that, Bell like the the or it may have been against Matt Brash. I can't remember now who was what inning it was, but there was a hanging pitch right in the middle of the plate and he fouled it back. Yeah. You remember like he's just not. He's a mess. The guy has a track record. I know he did struggle at the end of last year, but overall he has a track record. I think he'll be okay. But I absolutely think there's a huge adjustment going from one league to the other. We see it time after time, guy after – we saw it with Javi Baez last year struggling coming to the AL last year. I do think that there's a learning curve, an adjustment period of learning all new pitchers that you really don't ever see. I mean, we have interleague all the time. It shouldn't be as big an adjustment. Go look – I mean, I should, probably should have prepared this a yeah. little bit more, but I, I bet you I could pull up all kinds of guys who right. switch leagues later in their careers. Yeah, who I, that's fair. I would think within, like, he he's going central. He played most of his career in the central. Yeah. So you would think central to central, it wouldn't be as big a deal because you play those central teams more often. Well, how many times has he ever played the Mariners? Oh, that's and true. The A's? That's fair. They haven't played any teams in the central yeah. yet. If he, was, if he was hitting the ball harder, I wouldn't have no problem. Like, you know, Quan uh, yesterday hit a ball right to somebody on the button. Yeah, and, well, yeah. and so when you're hitting the ball hard right to some people, you know you at least on the pitches. You're in the right area. He's hitting weak ground balls, tappers back to the mound. He's just not, yeah. he's not seeing the ball I'm, very well I'm right with, now. I'm with Bull. It's April what? 10th? And like, he has a, got plenty of time. He's traditionally been bad in April. It's been his worst month. Yeah. You got to give it some time. He'll it figure was, it out. In the end, an exciting win. I mean, that last inning, it was an interesting move by Scott Service to walk Jose Ramirez in the 12th inning. I think it was the right – it didn't work for them, but I thought it was the right call. Absolutely the right call. You know, they were talking about – I was listening to Hammy on the radio at the time because I had to run out. And he – they were saying, like, you know, they they seemed like a little surprised on the radio, but I wasn't surprised. I wasn't at all surprised. surprised. I'll tell you guys this, too. Yeah. Uh, Have you – Man, did he just become this, or he was always this? It seems like uh, Rosario is is real average at short. Like he's a, he'll make some, he'll make the routine stuff, but the stuff like he doesn't have great. Range. He's not elite defensively, but he's not actually good. he's come quite a long ways. He's yeah. improved quite a bit defensively from where he was. He's struggling but, offensively right but now. But he that's not unusual. He yeah. got off to a slow start last year, he too. Did. I would love to see Jimenez in the two-hole. I don't understand why their second-best hitter is batting sixth and seventh. Yeah. Well, yesterday I, I, I think it's fifth. out of respect. He's, to, he's yeah. crushing the rock. He's, but but I, I, I think it's out of respect to Rosario because Jimenez should be batting second. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? Or fourth? Yeah. yeah, Jimenez at fourth. Bell can't be at fourth. But I have a serious yeah. question about Bell, Rosario. We talked about this last yeah. week. I should have asked Jay, but you guys may know this. Baseball is the one sport where the best player in the world can go cold for for two weeks and all of a sudden just snap out of it. Sure. They all play spring training. Why is it that's – and Robinson Cano back in the day was like this for the Yankees. He was terrible every April and May, then got scorching hot in the summer. Why do some guys take so long to adjust to the start of the regular season? Like, historically, there are players, and Bell's one of them, who over seven, eight, nine years always struggles in April and May. Some guys don't hit good in the cold weather. I was just where I was going to go. I don't know if that's Bell's problem or not, but some guys just don't. I mean, he's only played in cold weather markets, right? And I I mean, I have a small ass sample size, but in high school, everybody, when you come from playing basketball, then you start baseball. You outside, it's thirty degrees. Then it's forty degrees. Yeah. If you hit the ball on certain parts of the bat, it ain't going nowhere. Like you go, if you hit the ball on the end of the bat. You're going to ground out. The ball doesn't fly as well in cold weather. Warmer weather, it'll carry a little yeah. further. But I mean, there's a lot of guys hitting right now. I mean, you know, most, a lot of guys on the, on the Guardians are off to good starts. Yeah. Um, but, yes, Bell has a history of being bad in April. Rosario got off to a really bad start. I mean, through the, through the middle of May, he was batting like 200 last mm-hmm. year, Rosario. He was terrible he the first on. six weeks. So, we'll see. I, I, I think it, he's very league average. That's why I'm not on this kick to re-sign him. I think. Thought all along. Rosario? Yeah. 
I think he's better than average, but, not but he's much. not great. I don't think he's, if, I don't think he's if, much better than average. I think they can easily get out of Rokio, Arias, one of these guys, they can match what they're getting out of Rosario. Yeah, they got and they got two or three, four, four dudes down there. If Arias well, started to find out anyway, because yeah. they're not signing them. So, sign yeah. So, um, but you know, so in the end, it was a great win because they kept coming back, right? Yeah. They were down the whole game, tie it in the ninth, tie it in the 11th, win it in the 12th. Uh, they didn't do much to actually win it in the 12th. I mean, it was wild pitches and, and well, not a wild pitch, but the uh, pickoff attempt was Penn Murphy on the on the pickoff attempt to second base. And what the you know what was 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 uh, interesting. I, I, another curious move by Seattle. Like, so their two best relief pitchers on Seattle are Paul Seawald, who had closed the first two games, mm-hmm. and so I we didn't know this going into the game, but he wasn't using them last night. Otherwise, he would have. He didn't use them. Right. Their their other good reliever, Andres Munoz, went on the DL before the game. So your two best relievers are down. Your third best reliever is Diego Castillo, the, the fat guy who pitched, I think, in like the seventh <laughs> inning. He's a fat guy. It's all right. Now, he's been a really good relief pitcher for a long time. I didn't understand. If you have your two best pitchers unavailable, why would you use your next best pitcher in the seventh inning? And then you had to go with Brash in the ninth. And then they went with guys they just called up in the 10th and 11th before going to Penn Murphy in the 12th, who had already pitched two days in a row. Yeah. And guys, and he, you could tell, guys this time of year are not pitching three days in, three a, days row, in a row. Like. You don't do that in April. So that, that was kind of some weird decisions by the Mariners. They've never though. really trusted Castillo with that ninth inning. I think he had eight or nine saves last year. Yeah, he had saves at Tampa Bay when he was there. Yeah, but he's never been trusted as that ninth inning closer guy. No, no, but I'm saying for one game. I'm trying to remember the seventh. What was the situation of the seventh? Was that one of those game on the line? I don't remember. Uh, I was flipping me, back and forth. Let me double we, had, check we had family over yesterday. I was watching a little bit of the Masters. I don't remember you, the seventh. You, you know how it is. You get the, you get the family over. You got you got the in-laws over. You, you know you really you watch them, but you really not. I watching. had my brother, had my mom. We had the in-laws. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. I tell you what, though, I'm like, listen, this dude Quan, <laughs> this dude Quan is turning into one of the best left fielders. He might not have no power, but this dude Quan is getting two, three hits regularly. He's on base. This dude is putting the bat on the ball. And the great thing about him is it just seems like even when a pitcher hits his spots, right, and, and, and they throw a ball and it's in tight in the inside, he still gets his barrel to bat on the ball. He still can slap it this way. He can slap it this way. He just looks like a dude. Look at that. Look at his wrist. Look at him wrist. He stands, gee, he stands right on top of the plate. Like more so a lot of guys. I like when players do that. But he, like his toes, I've noticed in the spring, his toes are almost on the chalk. That's how tight he is on the plate. And he said he really likes it because he thinks it messes with the pitchers when he's that crowded. They can't really That's get something inside. that Rizzo's been doing for years. Getting that close he's to the, on the stands chalk. on top of the plate. He's like, I don't care if you hit me. I'm yeah, ta- I'm taking it. It's to take the outside corner. Want yeah, to be able to reach that. a lot of guys, like I said, a lot of guys get close to the plate, but Quan takes it. I think to the extreme, you don't see very many guys. No, maybe Rizzo, but yeah, you don't very, see very rare. Many guys. But but Quan's got the hand speed. He can get the, his hands through the zone. He can get the bat through the zone. And he can handle those inside pitches. And to your point, he can reach the outside. Right. Is that and, as well. And beyond that, he's a great base runner. He's a good base oh, stealer. Yeah. He's a great defensive player. He's got a good arm. He's I mean, never going to be a guy that like pops on the prospect list. That's why we never really heard much about him. He doesn't right. have a ton of power. I think the contract thing with him is fascinating. Yeah, but I was just, because that's what there's, I'm no, there's no comps for him. No, the comp is Brett Butler from like 30 years ago. I mean, the, ago. the comp <laughs> is Ichiro. Right. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. I can't put him at that level. But, but, but Ichiro was a what a ten-year vet when yeah. he came here. Yeah, you know what true. I mean. That's true. So there's really, and it doesn't sound like they got very far in negotiations this spring with him on an extension. He's already lost one year off off the contract time. He's going to lose this year. Really, if they're going to get anything done with him, it's going to have to be next year, you yeah. know, next winter, or else. You would I'm, think. I'm, I mean, I don't like how much you, like a guy like that. How do you pay him in free agency? It's it's so hard. I mean, maybe I suggested this guy with a Rosario comp to some degree, but like, I, I look at the Andrew Benatendi contract. Yeah, you know, and I think he's better than Andrew Benatendi. I think he is too. But he's a guy like Benatendi's a guy who's a good hitter, not a lot of power. But I think he's he's a better fielder than Benatendi. He's a better base runner. Yeah, I, I that might be like. Nobody's paying him monster money because he doesn't hit home runs. What's the fair and deal? And he's never going to hit home runs. What, what, what's the fair deal? What, if you I, had to look, at what's even, a fair deal? Like, if you looked at it and you said, I'm going to offer you this, and he turned it down, you'd be like, well, that was a fair offer. What ballpark would you be in? I think I put him at six for 41, I think. Yeah, if I'm him, I'm not signing that. 
I think. Yeah. I don't remember now. I'd have, I don't have my phone. That was, that was the comp you texted me, 6 for 41. 6 for 41. Yeah, yeah. And I forget who I based that off of. I don't know. I don't have my phone. Wasn't it Andre Ethier? Possibly. That's a long time. Even that's a long time. I know. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. There's nothing out there right now. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I was thinking, like, you offer him, like, a 10-year, $100 million contract. Well, I don't think. I don't know if I'm going all that. I mean, 10 for 10, that's 10 million it's a 10 year. 10 million a year. It's, you know, like, it's not a lot per year for a guy who's going to be very productive. No, but. Would I, he sign that? Would they, would I they think do I'd that? Want, I think I'd want to see you another year. Before, well, that's what I'm saying. Let's, let's say at the end of this year. How old is he? 20. He went to college. He's 25 so 20, years old. Here's, I, just, I, just I guess I wouldn't want to sign him for 10 years. That yeah. Jason sent us a while ago. Yeah. 25 years old. His prediction, six years, 41. His comp was seven question marks. And his explanation was 41 million is quite a raise, but there's literally nothing to compare him to in the past. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like when I 10 to 100 with maybe the last year or two being like maybe it's it's eight with two option years, eight for yeah, you know 75 with yeah. two option years at the he, end. He might he might mess around and make the All Star team. He gonna make he, I mean, he could he gonna mess around and make the All Star team and then he he is very good to elite at everything but power really. Yeah, yeah. I already won a gold glove as a rookie. Yeah. Great speed on the bases. It's great contact. Gets on base. Seems like a great team guy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they've already handed out two mammoth contracts the last right. two. And Jose and You'd love and to Jimenez. see it. And, and there is, I mean, can we point out the elephant in the room? There is a difference. Quan grew up here and is American. And yes. he did not grow up. Yeah. The, the players that come from other countries are more likely, are to, more sign likely to sign long-term extensions. Uh, but you know it would be fascinating if they do sign Quan and eventually get him in as up to the two spot as you suggest, which I think is where he should be in the long two or four. Yeah. I know he doesn't feel like a traditional four hitter, but we don't do that anymore. So, I know. But anyway, if they sign Quan and now for the next decade, Quan, him and Jimenez and Jose, Jose one, one two, two three, three in your lineup. I'll hey, take that. That's a nice. They looking. They they carrying them right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all three of them are playing great. Yeah. Uh, Brennan's obviously been clutch when he's had his opportunity and yeah. he was clutch yesterday. Mike had an insane question about Will Brennan. What, you want to yeah, that I'll out? ask it, and <laughs> yeah. you guys tell me why I'm wrong. I'll, I'll defend this to the death. Outside of Jose, yeah. is there another player on the Guardians right now today Yeah, you want up in a clutch situation? Of the last two people we just named, Jimenez and Jimenez and Quan. And Quan. <laughs> I'd much rather have those guys. I, I like Will Brennan. And he had a, love and he had a big day yesterday, but like I'm not you know, Tuffy Rhodes hit three home runs on opening day for the Cubs one year <laughs> yeah. and then hit three the rest of the season. Yeah. Hey, look, see, this is we've had a lot of nine. And I think Will Brennan's <laughs> a lot better than Tuffy see, Rhodes. But listen, it, we've had a lot of ninth inning at bats this year, and there's only one guy who's consistently come through in the clutch. I'm just saying right now, so you fell into the trap. Don't nuggets, sleep on my boy Will fell Brennan. Into the trap. Bull, that was the East Coast. That was the East Coast sports talk thing he hit you with. <laughs> Tuffy Rhodes. <laughs> Tuffy Rhodes. I remember baby. that. I remember that. One of the all-time home run leaders in Japan. <laughs> Speaking of, real quick, before we uh, yeah. go to the next part of the Guardians, yeah. Steve Becker just texted us and said Michael Harris uh, is a comp for Quan, who signed an eight-year, $72 million deal with the Braves last year. Harris hit 19 home runs, though, yet last year. Yeah. yeah. What would Quan have, seven? But – if Quan hits 15. Well, what I think what I did Harris hit, though? As a, what was his batting average list? Was Harris base? last on year base. won Rookie of the Year, yeah. hit 297 with a yeah. 340 on base percentage. I looked at that Harris contract for a comp for someone. I don't yeah. remember who. That's funny because he signed 872. I was just saying 8 for 75, so maybe that would be a little less than Harris. He, I think he's better defensively than Harris, but but uh, that might be a comp. I do think Harris has more, is going to have more. And maybe Quan will hit for a little more power. You'd like him to at least be able to hit 10 to 15 home runs. I'm not asking for a ton. But. What did he hit last year? Was it six or seven? Something like that. I don't not, remember not exactly. Don't I'm on it. Hold on. I yeah. think he is what he is on the power department. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're getting 15. I mean, maybe one year. I think Omar hit like 12 or 15 one year. You yeah. might have one fluky year. It's but, six last year, but to count on that consistently. No, no, I, I don't think that'll ever be part of probably game. not probably not. But guys, I wanted to get to something else with the Guardians because it's very rare that I'm critical of Terry Francona, but there's two things this weekend that I didn't like. I thought he made some big mistakes. Okay, let's go to Friday night's game. Um, and if I get my Internet to work, we'll see. But we have so, Internet issues back here, so it's not just we you. are tag boards down completely. So on Friday night, guys, Left uh, Savalian. He left Savalian too long. First of all, I would have. What was it? It was the sixth inning, right? That he took him out. Yeah. That's when the, they blew the lead. So he. Had, it was three nothing going to the fifth. He gives up two runs in the fifth to make it three two. 
Now, he's already at 80-something pitches. I know he had pitched great his first start, but he clearly was kind of losing it in the fifth. It's 3-2. You're coming off an off day, so everybody's available in the pen. I thought he was clearly going to be out to start the sixth, but he wasn't. And he actually struck out the first batter in the sixth. Then he gives up a double to Kelenic, who looked good in that, this series. This guy's been a top prospect. Hasn't really He's put very it good. But so Kelenic hits the double. And at that point, I'm like, well, now he's got to take him out. Yeah. It's 3-2. You got to take him out. Of course, he doesn't. They blow the lead. And then wh- whoever came in. Who came in? I forgot. Whoever came in was Sandlin. I don't remember. Whoever came in ended up giving up a home run. You know, maybe he would have given up a home run anyway. But who – Mike, see if you can look up who came in. I on can't Friday, remember. Yeah, I'm on it right now. I think it was Sandlin. I think it was Sandlin. I think but. it was Sandlin. And here's the thing, though. Here's what really bothered me about this. A – I thought Francona should have taken him out of the five. B, at the very least, take him out of the double because now you bring in Sandlin in a tie game and the first batter he's got to face is Rodriguez, who hits the home run. Yeah. When, when I bring in a reliever, especially... You, and Sandlin isn't even one of their top three options. Right. When I'm bringing in a middle reliever guy... It I was Sandlin, by the way. What's that? It was Sandlin. Okay. I don't want his first batter that he has to face in a big spot to be the best player on the other team if yeah. I can avoid it. Yeah. Sometimes you can't, but they could have. At the very least, he should have taken. He was over 90 pitches by the time once Kellenick hits that double. I didn't see why you stuck with him. I, you know, it's early in the year. I, I don't know. What, what did you guys No, Zach and I actually had that exact conversation in the press yeah. box and kind of came to the same conclusion you did that we were a little bit surprised that Savali was still in there. I think Tito said after the game he earned the right to try and get through but that and get he? out of it. That- but I think he meant just by the, how well he had pitched to start the year in his previous start and then in this start. Tito's always going to – he is a player's manager, and he's always going to – we've seen it with Rosario. He's always right. going to side with his players and give them the opportunity yeah. to try and work out of things. But yes. I can, I tend to agree with you. I was a little bit surprised that he was he, still in he, there. See, what he do, he does – so he does this like – it's like being a manager at a uh, – you know, working with people. If you got people on your roster that you have hired, you've brung in, you've trained them – They've been there a year. You've been gave them a raise, or you got you give them a little bit, bit of leeway and leash, right? But sometimes they come back to backfire on you, bro. Like at some point, he wants to give he wants to have a whole big body of work that he can point to to say, "I can't play you no more," right? He wants to have data, like, "Yeah, you messed yeah. up this time, this time, this time," and we got to move on. Like, but from from game to game, he's not really counting it like that. He's not even accounting for it. He just knows. This dude is a veteran. I'm going to play him. I, I, yeah. I've chosen him for the roster. Right. Let's keep it And moving. Francona is always thinking three steps ahead. I get it. He's thinking about the next start and long-term confidence. I get it. I, I, I'm I, not killing him. I just didn't like that. Now, this one to me is even worse. And I've been talking about this for a year. On Saturday, the Guardians are were down 3 nothing in that game. They make it 3-2. They have, I, I think it was the seventh. Mike, double-check for me again because my internet's not working. The Guardians have the bases loaded, two outs. I think it was the seventh. Gabe Spire on the mound. Now, he's a young pitcher, hasn't pitched that much. He's a lefty. Gabriel Arias is available on the bench. Josh Naylor is up. 3-2 game, bases loaded, two outs. Correct me if I'm wrong about that in the seventh inning. You're right. I'm right. And he lets Josh Naylor hit. Now, Jason, I think you we, we talked about this before the season. We've already – listen – Josh Naylor's been in the big leagues for five years. He has almost 300 plate appearances against lefties. He cannot hit lefties, period. He can't. His OPS against lefties in his career is 540. That's Austin. He is Austin Hedges against lefties. That's how bad he is. He hasn't gotten a single hit against lefties this year. He has 13 extra base hits in 280-some-odd plate appearances against lefties in his career. He can't do it. And then you pinch hit Arias in, in, the, in the eighth when there's nobody on. Like, why would you not bring our – I wouldn't even have started Naylor again. I'm, to me, if I'm Francona, he doesn't play against lefties anymore. I'm done. Well, But why would you not pinch hit for him there in the eighth, in the seventh? Because it's April, and I think they want to be sure that you're right. Because <laughs> last year – I. I mean, he had the massive, nasty ankle injury. Yeah. In what, like May, wasn't it, that he got hurt? Yep. Last year was really his first full year as an everyday big leaguer. I'm not ready to say he can't hit lefties. He hasn't to this point. 
No question. Yeah. But he's still only what 25, 25. 26. Like he's still a young guy and it's April. Like if it's September and you know, games on the line and they got to have it, maybe he does pinch hit him. If he has a full season like this, I just think that they want to give him, he was in there against uh, uh, Marco Gonzalez start him against another lefty. Right. I right. think they want to give well, him. Well, that was every, the same game. Right. But, I, but I'm saying, like, you could have sat him right. and put Arias in the game. You right. could have started Arias as a righty against the lefty, but they started him against yeah. a lefty in Gonzalez. Why? Like, because why? I think they want to give him opportunities to see if he can hit lefties or not. But because I, they have to make a long-term decision on right. him as well. But don't you think – I think we already know he can't hit lefties. I disagree. I, I think it's enough plate appearances that we know. It We're pretty could be, sure. I mean – I, I don't know because again, he's had one full year in the majors. So I'm not ready to declare a guy can or can't do anything based on one I, full season. It's th- 280 played up. That's a lot against lefties. I think, I think the guardians do this. The guardians, the way they look at their team, they say, look, we're not paying nobody, no crazy money. We own prospects. So they slow play everything because if you make a bad decision and paying somebody, you're over. If you don't pay somebody and go somewhere else, you're over. So they like, listen, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get everybody an ample opportunity to show you can't play guaranteed, and then we can have an informed decision. Yeah. But I think because they don't, there's nothing coming behind them. Like, so you look at all the players that you, we just talked about. You got to make a decision on. He, he's 25, but he's one of your main power sources. So you need to figure out, can he bat? Is Oscar Gonzalez a full-time player? He hasn't shown it yet. Quan ain't got a contract or a deal. You don't know what you're doing with Rosario. And you got Bo Naylor, who, we, I, I, you know, is he going to play? Is he going to come back? I got all these decisions to make, but they don't got no at-bats for everybody. <laughs> Like they well, need to Quan, figure out. Quan, I mean, you don't have to worry about Quan, it. He's still under control yeah, for yeah. five years, yeah. whether you sign him to a deal or not. I, I, personal opinion, not sourced or anything. Yeah. I think that they will probably give Josh April, May, June, and July against lefties, give him a yeah. healthy amount of at bats against lefties. If he still is struggling as badly as he has, they probably go make a move Dang. for a Jordan Luplo type at the July? deadline. At the trade deadline. Oh, you, yeah. you, you have to give these guys a, a sample, an ample amount of time. I, I, and, me, and, and then maybe Arias does start to yeah. chew into I mean, those. To me, they said That's they the want, whole reason Arias, like, is, Arias is a top prospect. It's not like he's a nothing prospect. Obviously, he's a big prospect. They said they want to get him at bats. To me, it makes perfect sense and to I think, get him at bats against lefties. And I think against against tough lefties, Arias will be in there. Yeah. Marco Gonzalez, to me, isn't a top lefty, so you give well, Naylor the opportunity. Think about that. So now you look at Naylor, 280 play appearances against lefties, and he's probably sitting against the toughest lefties. Mm-hmm. More, especially in the last year, mm-hmm. and so even with that, even when he, even though he's only facing secondary lefties, his numbers are still. It's not just bad; it's horrific. I think. Lefties. I think I will. I I agree with you, and I think I will get to the point where I totally agree with you. Yeah, that, but I, I want to give him another few months. Yeah, I think we need to see is he an everyday player or is he a right. strong side platoon, and that will really dictate what his future is here and what yeah. the contracts look like. And they have to figure that out. They yeah. have to know because if he can't hit lefties, maybe George Valera can, maybe that's how they fit Valera into the lineup. Maybe they move right. on from Naylor and, and Valera is the everyday free. I'm just throwing something. Out. Yeah, yeah sure. Or Gonzalez no. is the first baseman. Yeah. And Valera is in the outfield. But I think, but you need to know is Josh Naylor an everyday player that can is adequate against lefties or is he a platoon guy? And I don't think that they're ready to declare yeah, that. And the way. problem with Naylor too is, He's, you know, he's a one-dimensional player. He is, he, yes. It, especially if he can't hit lefties. He, he's got power against, against, you know, against right-handed pitching. He's not good in the field. He has no – his base running is, you know, nothing. He has no speed. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not – I like Naylor. He brings energy. And against righties, he's, you know, he's, he's solid. He mauls righties. He's good. Yeah. But I, there's only so much I'm willing to pay a guy like that who's, who's as limited as he and is. And that's what they're trying yeah. to get to. That's yeah. what they're trying to figure yeah. out. All right, anyway, they do salvage the final game. Start a three-game series with the Yankees, Yankees tonight. Big series. Ooh. Shane Bieber on the hill tonight. Garrett Cole pitches tomorrow. That would have been cool I, if they would have faced each other. Yeah, though. I know. I know we gotta, we're got we going to move on here in a second. Yeah. I hate the schedule. I hate the schedule. Like, they're done with the Mariners. Yeah. It's April, and they're done. Yeah. And I, I mean, good thing they won that game yesterday because now they would hold the tiebreaker yes. if it comes down in terms of postseason seeding or whatever. Right. But I just hate the fact. I would love to see the Yankees here twice. Uh, I would like to see the Mariners. I, I hate interleague. I wish they would abolish interleague play. I think well, it's they went dumb. the opposite way. There's more. Interleague I know. Now. I think it's yeah. dumb. I, I would. I wish that they would. I would. I'd rather see two series with the Yankees than get the friggin' Reds in here. Who cares about the Reds? Well, but now you get to see the Mets one time, or you get to see the Dodgers. I don't one like time. it. I'd rather no. get. I'd rather. I get like the interleague. Than the Red I like. Sox. I mean, like I, like, I like. I like interleague. Yeah. You down with interleague? I, yeah, you know me. I think the Guardians would rather get two series with the Yankees. 
You well, get they the play, gates. Get yeah, the gates yeah. That, well, that's true. Yeah. Go ahead, Mikey. We're going to pivot to the Cavs, but first we have a new sponsor alert. The USFL is back. You can never get enough football. They are playing Canton. They will be a sponsor with us throughout the summer, and we will have a guest from the USFL on every Friday. This next Cavs segment is brought to us by our good friends at the USFL. Check them out. You will not want to miss it. Some great football coming over the summer. The Cavs close out the regular season. 51 and 31. We will get to our preseason predictions gone wrong in a sec. But yeah. with Jason here, there's a particular hill that he has already told us he will die on. And there has never been a more yeah. appropriate time to talk about the Danny Green conundrum than right now, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to die on the hill with you, Jason. Yeah. Come on, there's plenty of room. You know, you <laughs> were, plenty of room on the hill. You you've talked about you've called yourself out on the, the Mike Miller. Mike thing, Miller. And it didn't work <laughs> out. Did not work Danny out. Danny Green played significant minutes these last two games against Orlando and who the hell did they play Charlotte. yesterday? Charlotte. And uh played well, especially in the Orlando game. I yeah. think he had twenty something points in that 21 game. Twenty one points, five threes. Yeah, there you go. Um I what don't know how much like you, defensively. I, I don't know how much you watched it, but uh, I'll be honest, not a ton. Yeah, yeah. But I was excited to see. Uh, yeah. I think I was in Vegas for the Orlando game. I think that's when we were in Vegas. I don't remember. So is this, we're not playing any starter or not playing many starters, and so we'll just give him minutes, or is this something to learn for the playoffs? This is something to learn for the playoffs, okay. and I think they wanted to do this earlier, and he had the, the COVID issue, and, yeah. and it just kind of messed up the timing with everything, but. I think the plan all along was bring him along slowly, make sure he's healthy, coming off the ACL. And when the opportunity was right, get him a couple runs and, and see what he looks like. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you can't be anything but ecstatic with – no, gee, he can't move, to your point, defensively. He's not great defensively. Mm-hmm. He can't move. But in, in, in postseason, the game slows down. It yeah. becomes a half-court game. And it's not – it's more important to me that you guard all five guys on the floor – and that's what Danny forces you to do. You have to guard him. Right. You, and, and, and people will push back and say, okay, well, Okoro's making his shots. Fine, he is. Yes, he's, he's improved his shot. He had a, a wonderful year for his standards. But teams don't care. They're, they're not going to guard him. Even if he hurts you with two or three threes, th- those other, all those other possessions, yeah. they're going to play four on five right, against you. Right. And Green does not allow teams to play that way. They have to be aware of where he is on the floor because he will punish teams on those corner threes. So I think he's going to have a big role even before the Isaac knee injury. And there's still some uncertainty with where he's at health wise and when he'll be back. I've, I've thought all along, I thought green was going to play a, a significant role for the Cavs in these yeah, playoffs. They, like, I, you know, I know I get it. I listen to a lot of local guys talk about Isaac Okoro. I, I get it, bro. Like we like him. We want to wrap our arms around him. He's the best dude I know. He's a nice guy. But look, man, there's going to be times in the playoffs. Isaac and is going to look like he does not belong on the floor because there's going to be times when he's going to guard somebody that's really, really an offensive juggernaut because he, he, he usually plays the best guy on the floor and he's going to be getting buckets put on him and then they're going to pass the ball to him in the corner. And he's not going to hit open jumpers. And you may see a lead go from three to six to 12. And you're like, we can't play. We, he, we're playing four and five. Listen, in certain spots, I'm telling you that's going to happen. You need go back and look at what Ty Lue used to do. Ty Lue would dust somebody off in one game. You'd be like, where did Channing Fry come from this game? Dante Jones got got some. Dante had a big couple, Huge. three, four minute stretch in the finals. We caught Mo Williams came in and hit a, a couple of big buckets. So you need to have the rotate. And, and this is what I'm looking at. I'm waiting to see if JB Bickerstaff understands playoff rotation. Sometimes you got to do some big time changes. Like all of you like, whoa, dude. I remember Ty Lue sat Kevin Love down when he did that. I say, oh, goodness. Brought this. him off the bench. Brought him up. And I'm like, he was, this was Kevin Love almost, I wouldn't say prime, but Kevin Love was oh, a was big, prime. big part of what they did. He sat him right on down and said, we can't do that. We're going to go in another direction. I'm waiting to see if, if the rubber meets the road when you get tight. Is JB going to make some pulls and switches like that? Because that's what you need to do. And the one thing we know is Danny Green's not going to be uptight playing in the playoffs. No. Where some of these young guys, you just don't you know. don't know. Yeah, there's two guys on this roster you can count on that will not that the moment is not too big for them. Donovan Mitchell and Danny Green. That's it. That's it. No Every, Rubio? He, I, I think Rubio, he can need one more year. He can write the ace, yeah. the knee. But just in terms of like not being 
Yeah, awed by the playoffs. Not, he won't be overwhelmed by the moment, but yeah. I don't know that you can count on him right, to right. deliver big minutes. So do you do you expect Danny Green to like what 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 do you what's I, your expectation right now for his role in this first if, round? If if Okoro is healthy, and I don't know that we know that he will be, but yeah. if he's healthy, I think he will be on an extremely short leash. And I think Danny is he may not start game one at the small forward spot, but I think by the end of the series Danny will have a significant role. I just think I, yeah. I, I and, and there's nothing against Isaac. Like I, I really don't want it to sound like I'm down no. on Isaac because he's had a great year. Like he's improved his shot. He's great defensively. But I look at Isaac in the playoffs and I see uh, Jordan Clarkson and Rodney Hood. And you saw in 2018 that they just didn't fit and they they were overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah. And and I just get concerned that that could be Isaac in that spot. Uh, and and Danny won't be. And and Danny. You can count on Danny if the ball's going to the corner and you need a shot, shot clock's running down or the end of game, end of, court, end of half, he's not going to do one of those. He's going to step in right, and right, he's going right. to deliver and the shot. And especially to me, who can't, when, it, when your second leader scorer is Darius Garland, who you don't know either. You, I mean, Darius Garland, you expect him to show up and do his thing, but you know, I can't count on that. I don't know yet. And if he's having a bad game, tough game, well, he's not shooting the ball well. Maybe, maybe um, you know, he, he's having a tough guy guard guarding Jalen Brunson, which will be a nightmare, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I would, it might be something where you need Danny Green. Yeah. You need some points off the bench. Cavs favored by six for the first game of the series. Uh, I, was, I saw something earlier that according to DraftKings, they were uh, 85% of the money was going early on the Knicks, plus six. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, the, the Cavs will, and Knicks will play in Cleveland in the first game at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Yeah. So, Mikey, go ahead. What do you got? I just got one more thing on the Danny Green and Kuro thing in, in yeah. the playoffs. When the regular season and postseason, we've talked about it before, there is no bigger difference between regular season and postseason in any sport than basketball. Yes. It's Correct. two completely different games. Yes. And for guys like Mitchell and Garland to have a guy in Danny Green who they are confident will step up in the moment and at least take the shot, maybe not make it, but at least take the shot, as opposed to the unknown with the Kuro it actually allows them to play a little more freely, freely and not feel like they have to force everything offensively because if they're not getting That's a shot, point. there's n- there's no guarantee that the other guy in the corner where the help's coming from is even willing to take that shot in that moment. So Danny Green's still a major unknown, but I do think what we do actually know about him from his previous playoff experience trumps whatever Okoro gives you, even if defensively he's by no means an upgrade over Okoro. I don't love this matchup for the Cavs. Like, I don't, I don't love it at all. I don't think they match well with the Knicks. Uh, I've talked all year. I'm not going to put a ton into regular season. You know, everyone's going crazy because the Cavs beat the Celtics twice in November. It's like, yeah, that's cute. But right, right, right. I mean, does anyone care about that now? No. no, of course not. But I just, the thing that concerns me with the Cavs is how pick and roll heavy they are. They are extremely pick and roll heavy. And that's the first thing Tom Thibodeau can take away. It, Tom's a terrific defensive minded NBA head coach. The, the, the Knicks are going to have plenty of time to look at the Cavs' tendencies. They understand how pick-and-roll heavy they are. You send two defenders at the ball handler. You force the ball out of Donovan's hands. That's the number one thing the Knicks are going to try and do is get the ball out of Donovan's hands. And, I mean, Donovan, he's experienced that before. Like in Utah, I'm sure teams guarded him the same way. Mm-hmm. But Tibbs is really good at it. And so what else can you do? What else do you have in your bag when the Knicks send two defenders at Donovan on a pick and roll and blitz him and try and get the ball out of his hands. Who else is going to emerge and make that play? So I, I they're going to have like I don't think the Cavs are going to hold serve at home. I think they're going to lose a game at home. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of the playoffs. They're a young team. They're going through it for the first time. Can they win a game in the Garden? Because I believe they're going to have to get at least one. I was in just the about to ask you that. And that's going to be that's a tough. And the Knicks so have not do been. So you guys think they can? And what's the latest with Julius Randle? Do we have what's the update on him? He's progressing. This was this morning. He is. So that's a big deal, obviously. Progressing nicely and expected to be a full go for him. Okay. I, look, I, I just. Can think, they? Yes. Yes. Will they? I don't know, man. It's you're a gonna, big ass. You're going to need somebody. It's always it comes down to, to the others. Somebody other than Donovan Mitchell is going to have to step up and be like, oh, no, like we can't stop him either. <laughs> it, that's just how it's going to have to be. So whether it's Evan Mobley getting the ball at the high post, being a creator, um, you know, get people in foul trouble. And the thing the Cavs, are, another uphill battle is the bench. The, the, you know, the, the Knicks bench is better than the Cavs. The yeah. Knicks bench is more consistent. They've killed them. For what it's worth in the regular season, the so, Knicks bench yeah. has killed the Cavs. Bench. So here's the know. thing with 
bench play in the playoffs. In the first round, you're going to play eight and trust seven. So that eighth guy is going to play eight minutes. Mm -hmm. But you're really, especially in the Cavs situation, you're only going three deep on the bench, and you're really only playing two. Right. And then that third guy, whoever that is, like I think Karis LeVert's probably going to play decent minutes off the bench. Beyond that, I don't know. Is it Rubio? I don't know. Is it Danny Green, though, Coral, we've already had that conversation. Is it it Danny Green and LeVert? Are the two guys you're trusting? Are they starting Green over Okoro, and Okoro's out completely by the end of the series? That wouldn't terribly shock they, me. The, the, the Cavs are the number one team defensively, right? Correct. Is there another level that they can get to where it's like, you know, people usually ratchet up, ratchet up their play, right? Either offensively or defensively, depending on what you hang your hat on. Is that something that the Cavs can do? in order to nullify some of the things offensively. Well, again, like I, I think Mobley and Allen play really well in the playoffs in this half-court style because, again, the game slows down, the pace goes down. The Cavs are already one of the slowest teams. They may be the slowest team yeah. in the league. I, I don't remember. I haven't seen the pace rankings lately. But the game slows down into the half-court. It becomes a half-court set type thing. I'll take my chances with Mobley and Allen on the back line on that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that – I think that's real. I think what they did defensively this year is real. I think that does translate to the playoffs, and I think that's what they got to hang their hat on if they're going to win the series. Anybody concerned that the Cavs haven't played a meaningful game in a while? Um, or no big deal? I'm a little bit concerned. We were talking about that on the call. Mikey was saying it's like 13 days between 12 games. 12 days between their 12. last regular season game and game one of the playoffs. See, during the title. Well, the last regular season game that mattered. That they played. Yeah, all starters. Okay, April all the 4th. starters. Yeah, yeah, all right. The, the title team needed those breaks. Like, they would sweep teams, and they would take a week off. Yeah. But they were a veteran team. They knew how to take care of their bodies. They knew. Right. And they needed that time off. Like, they, they counted on that time off. This being a young team, I would like to see them keep a little bit more of a rhythm. I, I'm guessing that they're going to have some pretty spirited scrimmages this week mm-hmm. at, at Cleveland Clinic Courts to try and keep guys – in rhythm as much as they can in shape. But yeah, I think, I think absolutely it's a concern. And I, you know, I know JB went to the guys and asked them, do you want to play in this last game or do you want to take it off? Yeah. Uh, you know, Donovan elected to take it off. Mobley elected to play. Donovan knows his body. He's one of those veteran guys. Yeah. He understands. Right. Not really worried about him so much as maybe Darius and Evan who are going through this for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is a little bit of concern that it's, that's a long time between games. G, what about you? Um, I, I don't think, man. Listen, listen. If you can't, it, this comes. This comes like it's, when you look at young players and you look at professionals. It's only look. because I got them with forty nine <laughs> wins this year. I got them with forty eight wins. It's because the East is so wide. It is. Like I can't Wait, believe y'all. Hold on, you're good. It's someone in VMix. You're good. <laughs> okay, okay. VMix is back. We're back. Yeah. Here. Well, it's back working. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you're a young dude. And you can't get up for the playoffs. Something wrong. Yeah. You better get your shots in. You better. It's, it's, be- it's not so much getting up for the playoffs. It's just keeping your rhythm. Rhythm, yeah, right? Rhythm. The rhythm of of the season and the rhythm of games every day. I'll tell you every what, other, guys. Every other day. Every I'll three tell days. you what. You know what will keep them in their rhythm and keep them in shape? A built bar, Mikey. And guess what? We'll tell you about built bar. Ironically. They moved their reads to Wednesday and Friday, so you can still, even on a non built bar ad read day, <laughs> built bar 50% uh, off. Uh, locked on uh, 15, use the promo code mm. at built.com. But I do have a different read to tell you guys about. Yeah, go We're going to go back into the archives and check out what PCC Air Force is telling us from October 19th. Before we do that, though, wow, if you need time. a job, well, PCC Air Foils is looking to hire people that yes, want career advancement and great benefits. PCC Airfoils is the leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio, and all locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So during football season, every Thursday we did no fence riders, and we would go through a series of definitive yes or no questions based on the Browns games, but... On October 19th. I'm glad I missed this show. We did a No Fence Riders edition of the Cavs preseason picks. Stuff that we thought would happen during the regular season. And we all went 3-3, three and three, right? You oh, can no, take 172 tag board. I mean, uh, 172 on the VO. We got a lot of things pulled up back here. We got yeah. sots to play. We got everything. Take that. These were the standings from our No Fence Riders results. G. Bush is the winner at 4-2. and two. Everyone else went 3-3. Three and three, And we're going to play back a couple clips from the show. Okay. To laugh at what we had. One of the questions was, 
Will the Cavs win 51 or more games this year? Steve, take the side. And they won exactly 51. It's only because I got them with 49 wins this year. I got them with 48 wins. It's because the East is so tough. It is. Like, I can't believe y'all sitting there saying it's not, though. Like, and, guys, here's the thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some growing pains early in the season. No, I think they will. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I, like, I got growing pains. People get hurt. It's just like 48 just seems like the, the number. So, Tyvis, 48, catastrophically wrong. Wait Bull, a second. <laughs> catastrophically? Catastrophically wrong. That's a lot. Say three games. That's not catastrophic. Hey, if you had three games and some people, they'd be in the playoffs. Three games, Bull. Yeah, I don't think that's Bad job out of you. Mike, I said 49. <laughs> even worse job out of you. That's not even worse. That's closer. I was only two off. I'm but the one who gets to say good job, bad job. I'm saying bad job out of you. <laughs> your status is higher. So so you got more love, pressure yeah. on you, bro. I, I don't know, man. We were close. Okay, well, that right, was that was one at bad answer. G. Bush, yeah. you're on the hot seat for the next one. All right. Uh, no, Steve, 174 on your SOT, on your SOT list. On the sock okay. list, Steve. Come on with the socks. <laughs> this was, will the Cavs have three All-Stars this season? And G. Bush. Uh-oh. How many did I say I was going to get? Play there the we clip, go. Steve. We're going to find out. Explain yourself, G. Ah, uh, well, this is easy. It's easy money. Darius Garland was already an All-Star, right? Tybus knows how this game works. Being an All-Star and being All-State is one thing. It, my dad always told me. If you make All-State as a junior, they have no choice but to put you as All-State as a senior. <laughs> That's about right. You understand. Oh, my God. Don't let, don't let you make it as a sophomore. You ain't got to do nothing. No tackles, no production. So, he's already, Darius Garland, is already All-Star. He will be an All-Star again, and he got a max deal, so people think he's crazy. Now, Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, is, is if he averages anything over 23, anything over 23, they're going to be pressed to put him in there, right? And then, so, three, Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley you, you ever know places Allen? He, he yes, you got that up and coming dude. Allen, right? yeah. what Mobley all star last year? No, he no. wasn't. He was, the no, rookie. He was not rookie. All star. Oh, Allen was the all star. Yeah, yes. okay. yeah, so Mobley will get what I call that up and coming love. Yeah. Like they'll just be like, this guy in five years. How they used to talk about Giannis. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy. He you play against Kobe or LeBron. This well, guy. They, they, they were right about Giannis. G. <laughs> so. Bush. Catastrophically wrong. Well, Jason got it wrong too because I saw in the graphic he had over three. Jason there. just wasn't on that day, so we couldn't roast. Yeah. Right. By the way, I, I like the fact that, that I like that they're going with black and white for the old. All clips. jokes aside, though, like you got to think about it. I should get some credit because Mobley is going to be on an all defensive team. He might be defensive player of the he year. He might be defensive player of the year. I'm just saying, which is higher than an all star. I appearance. thought I wasn't on that day, but I thought they would have two all stars and an injury replacement as a third. Like that's what Allen was last year. Right. Jarrett was a injury replacement. Right. Added later on, I thought they would get probably Darius and Donovan on, and Darius actually had a better year than he had last year. Can we see Darius Garland's numbers? I mean, bad job out of the fans. What were you thinking? This team is fourth in the East. He averaged twenty some points. What do you want? It's a popularity contest. What is that? Look at that. It's almost 50% from the field, 41 for three, and he's averaging eight assists. Yeah, he. I knew I knew he wasn't going to make it as we were getting closer to the All-Star, but he was certainly worthy of it. I thought they'd have two, and then Mobley would be a late ad, but it didn't work out. It, hey, That's man, a swing know, and a miss It for didn't me. happen. And we have one more. Yeah. Steve, play the last shot, please. This is our one unanimous answer, and I'm shocked because yes. when you look at how this equates, I'm not sure where you're going to find those points. But will anyone on the Cavs bench average more than 12 and a half points a game? And everybody on the panel said yes. Well, you guys were all wrong. Everybody was wrong. You guys were all wrong. If you look at this, it was close. Y'all almost got me. Levert averaged 12.1 points a game. Jetty, 7.8. Danny Green only played like four games. Was at 6.5. A curl started most did, did of the season. Did 6. it say 4, more than 12.5? So. Twelve point five. Yeah, you dirty. Don't hate the house. <laughs> you That's dirty. like what happened to me in Vegas, man. You dirty. Jay also six. in that clip. You guys all talked over each other, but Jay was like, "Mikey, how could you ask that question? Of course they're gonna do it." Three, two, but yeah. And eight, it's the other showing a six, flips an eight, twenty-one. No, didn't happen. Five, twelve, one. All right, but you know what? Despite making fun of us, which is deserved. Uh, we overall did all right. Nobody finished under five hundred. The other questions, by the way, yeah. that we asked that we didn't pull clips from was uh, is Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell, will they be the best backcourt duo in the Eastern Conference? Isn't that a subjective question, though? It was, but you guys said yes, and we, we went with yes. They had the best numbers of two guards in the, in the conference this year. I'd take 
Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum over there. See, see, guards. It was guards. guards those are forwards. I think both of those guys are forwards. That's why Jalen Brown's not going to make all yesterday. What did I answer? You guys all got that one right. Uh, next was will Evan Mobley average a double double? G and Tyvis said no. Everyone else said yes. G was right on that. Yes. That was the differentiating factor. Yeah. Allen take up a lot of rebounds, bro. It's hard to get two dudes yeah. to give double digit rebounds. Yeah. And then uh, will Donovan Mitchell be a top five scorer in the NBA this season? And despite him averaging a career high twenty eight point three points a game, to Bulls' point, yeah, it has never been easier to score. He finished seventh it, in the league in scoring. I, I was saying this before the show, um, we, that like often when we're debating football, a lot of times Jay and you too, sometimes not as much as Jay, but you guys will often bring up a thousand yard season. And to me, a thousand yard season in football doesn't mean what it used to. I it's it's twelve hundred. I, I will I will give you that because even when you do a thousand yards, when it was when it was what sixteen games, right. It's only like 75, 75 right. a game. Now it's even less. Now Plus, it's even less. Offense has exploded. So, to me, the number's 1,200. Same thing in the NBA. To me, scoring 20 points, yes, it's good, but it's not what it used to not be. Not what it used to be. Now, to me, that number's 24, 25. 24. If you get 24, you're cooking a little bit if you're 24. Dudes getting 30. Like, in old dudes, is I getting mean, 30. where did that, Donovan Mitchell average over 28 a game, and he finished what in the Seventh. NBA? Seventh. Seventh? Five guys uh, no, I lied. Six guys averaged over 30 points per game. Six. This year. And, wow. And I, you know the game has changed. I mean, come on. Well, you play against and real quick, Joel G, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Sorry. How many people averaged 20 points a game this year? 55. Not, not rounding up. This is at least 20 points legitimately. 55. Not enough. More? More. Wow. <laughs> 72. You were very close at 55. Oh, so 58. 58, yes. 58. That's two. That's on average two players per team almost. Yeah. Some teams got three. I mean, 58. How many? Ten years ago. That is bonkers. Go look at the 2013 statistics. I'm on. So 2012, well, 2013. Yeah. Listen. How many in guys the, average 20 in points in the regular? <laughs> uh, 11. 11. 47 more. That's more than four times more. They see here. I, I've been trying to say this for like a year. They got to move the three-point line back. Well, you'd have to make the court. I, I would I, love to I, see them. I, I don't think they're going to make any of these changes because they don't seem to care. Wouldn't, just, wouldn't you like it if they made the the entire court bigger or at least wider? The, the, that three-point shot got it. move back to three. But late, they don't want to because they like the three. They a, like the scoring. But, but there should be a risk-reward. Like, you shouldn't be able to just, like, if you're going to have the analytics where it says either a layup or dunk or, or free throw or, excuse me, a three-point shot, you should at least have to work. For the three point, I'm waiting for them to put up. What's the matter, Mikey? No, so I, I had to cough, but I want to cough on the mic. Yeah. But to G's point, real quick, I don't think it's the free throws and threes. It's teams just don't play defense in the regular season. No one tries on defense the last three minutes of a game, and you're just getting open shot after open shot. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the court's too small. I think and it's getting worse by the, the year. Because look at look at the postseason scoring. You're not going to see scores in the no. 120s. It's going to be some of much the scores the last couple think. of days when when was not even start like we just. Didn't Golden State score like 150 yesterday or something? We're playing a game later about that, so don't steal my thunder. Okay. The, the players don't want to move the line back. The players like it right where it is. Yeah, because they like putting up huge numbers. They don't want to change anything. The numbers do not have the same credibility that they used to they have. And plus, I don't think if you start, I mean, let's make the base pads 85 feet or 95. Like, you know what I mean? Right, I don't right. think you want to They're start not messing do it. with. I, I'm waiting for them to make the half court line a four point shot. Well, I'm waiting for the rock and jock 10-point shot. That was a 25 at the end of the, <laughs> end of the, the way, quarter. If they made the half-court line a four-point shot and Steph Curry took – I know this would never happen, but let's say he took 10 four-point shots a game, what would he average? What would he make? Three? I'd say four. Three or you four. think he'd make three or four out of ten? Yeah. Right. I mean, Dame Lillard did it in the All-Star game. And I think he made two half quarters. Dame Lillard, do the half court shots now are nothing. Right, right now, <laughs> right now, nice. and this is the crazy part about the playoffs. In the playoffs, nobody misses. I remember the Cavs playing the Raptors one year or the Hawks one year, and nobody would miss. I mean, they ran them boys Dude, Mike, all the way. Mike Budenholzer was basically in tears. He was. <laughs> I'm serious. At the like in post games, I felt bad for the guy. I wanted to hand him a beer because he was just like, I don't, I don't know. know what to do. He's like, we, we we're running at guys. I mean, nobody. I mean, would. they would put LeBron and four shooters on the oh, floor. Yeah. And was, what do you like? You know, LeBron, Channing, Jr., Kyrie, and Kevin. What are you going to yeah. do? With and that? then they was bringing uh, what was it? Uh, Kyle Korver off the bench, and he went miss. Channing Fry went 
bonkers one. Like the whole series, he wouldn't miss from the top of the key. Yeah. I was like, bro, I, it, yeah. this is disgusting. One of the most amazing stories in NFL history is the story of London Fletcher, and he's going to join us in, in just a minute or so. He- Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 